American Timelines is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. So now I'm obsessed with time. Come on, tell me about the time. Had it all in my head tonight. Had the time of my life. When the words all come down, like blues on Tuesdays come down. Throw it all away. Throw it all away. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of American Timelines. I'm Amy and that's Joe. And we are History for Jerks and we are continuing on through 1952. Yes. And we are, this is episode 158, okay. I think. That sounds right. That's we'll go with it. a lot of episodes. It. We'll go with it. We've been doing this a while. Um, and we have guests. Yes. We're excited. We brought some guests back this week. Uh, we're really excited to have uh some folks from an awesome youtube channel called southern snackers mm-hmm. uh so we're gonna go ahead and just bring them on right now to join us so please welcome brandon and bucky the southern snackers welcome guys <laughs> hey y'all hello, hello. <laughs> hey, welcome. Hey, y'all. that's what you guys always say isn't it? hey well, that's, y'all that's our intro that's lord how, how many episodes that we should, is we should, that'd be funny we should do our intro okay ready yes yeah. do it yeah do it Hey, hey y'all. y'all, it's the Southern Snackers. I'm Brandon. And I'm Bucky. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. It's like in harmony. I guess <laughs> your voices are so good. I'm so jealous so of people that can sing. It's professional sounding. It is. It really is. And yeah. every episode kind of starts like that. And it's, hey, of course, yeah. there's other, but there's other Southern Snackers too, right? It's not just yeah, you guys. So, yeah, so um, Bucky and I are a couple. We've been together for a long time. But our friend, so we started the channel in june of 2018 yeah um we all love youtube Mm -hmm. but our friend emily really loves mukbangs Mm -hmm. so if you don't know what that is yes um, a lot of people don't a lot of people don't know what that is a mukbang basically you just watch people eat (laughs) oh it's mukbang not mukbang it's it's mukbang i think it's i think it's supposed to be mukbang but people say it mukbang like they say it any sort of Who way knows? but okay. yeah. you know what mukbang is i mukbang? had no idea before yeah I watched so tell guys. us what yeah. it is because a lot of people don't get it so it literally just means that you watch people eat on camera so like like some people <laughs> will literally just sit there and eat yeah other yeah. people will will talk too so like we talk like but there mm-hmm. are a lot of really 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 big mukbang channels on youtube that literally just sit there and eat and they never really talk they um, never say anything no and it's so kind of like an ASMR is that it what it is? Of, yeah, people like to hear the mouth sounds or the yeah. chewing and sometimes. It, yeah, and it, it just basically means eating show. Like a lot of people, if they're having lunch by themselves, they'll bring up you know a YouTube channel to just kind of feel like they're with someone as they're oh, having I lunch or dinner. Oh, I can see that. That's yeah. how, that's what I feel yeah. like you guys do. I feel exactly. like I'm just eating with you, mm-hmm. like we're having right. lunch. And it's yeah. also like there are certain foods that are really popular for people to be like. People love to watch people eat like crab legs. Oh, um, really? Like, yeah, like there's a like there's messy this, stuff. Yeah. Yes. There's huh. a really popular YouTuber named B Loves Life. Um, she's like the where is she from? I don't get where she's from. Yeah, I'm not sure, but she like basically seafood boils. Yes. She kind of okay. made that so popular on YouTube. And all that being said, that is not what Southern Snackers, that's not what we do. That's kind of scaring people off. Yeah. Like we're oh, sorry. We, we've kind of taking like 
eating show to like a different level. Like it's not so much about the food as it is about the conversation yeah. to where typical traditional mukbangs. Now I don't even know how to say it is focused yeah. more so on the food. Yeah. And like okay. we, we do a lot of like challenges too. Mm-hmm. We've done a lot of challenges on our channel. We we do like some fun little games with each other. Vlogs. Vlogs. I mean, we do a little bit of it all. Don't yeah. you guys do the Tide Pod challenge. I've heard that's not a good yeah, one. Yeah, don't eat Tide we, Pods. So we didn't upload that video. We tried it. didn't go well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so Bucky did do one on our channel uh, that was... For, full disclaimer, I said, this is the stupidest thing you've ever done. Do not do this. Yeah. But he did the gallon of pickles Ooh. challenge. Yeah, what I haven't heard do? of this. You it eat? is literally eating a whole ga- a whole big glass jar gallon of pickles. Oh, no. And Ooh. not only that, but then drinking the juice. Dr- yeah, oh, oh, no. There's literally <laughs> like enough sodium in that to like yeah. literally kill you. Can, now, like, can yeah, you pick yeah. sweet or dill or does it have to be dill or what? Well, for me, it has to be dill. I don't know. Like sweet pickles. I hate sweet pickles. Yeah. Dill is. Oh, my sad. God. But so did you idea. did you to prepare for that? Did you just like not eat all day? So your stomach was empty or did you? Honestly, yes. And that's yeah. kind of like when we started. You know, we were trying to become, you know, what we thought a mukbang channel was supposed to be. Yeah. And, you know, trying to keep up with all these other big channels and do, mm-hmm. you know. We were doing mock- things that were trendy. Yeah. Right. Right. Because that's what gets. Like we did the t- hits, we did yeah. the chicken leg challenge. Now that one was fun. Now what's that? We <laughs> 20 chicken legs. Oh, my God. 18 chicken legs. I think it was 20. 20 each? chicken legs in as quick as you can. Uh, yeah. Wait, and each? so I, yeah, we we both filmed individual videos doing that. Oh so think about gosh. like driving up to Bojangles and being like, I need forty yeah. chicken chicken legs, <laughs> just forty chicken legs. Yeah, nothing oh my else. Goodness. But, but do you do you? So it reminds me of like Kobayashi in that, like eating the hot dogs. Like, isn't yeah. that like an art? Like, you have to train your body to do that, don't you? You can't just do that one day, right? You should because like the bathroom after the fact doing a video like oh that is gosh. not fun. Like no. the, the one that messed me up <sighs> the worst was we did what was the Burger King one? Oh, I forget. The it was four so pound, many pa- four pound patties. burger. Yeah. Oh like, my goodness. god. Yeah. <laughs> you probably didn't shit did for you? a month. Yeah. <laughs> it was like you got you got four I think you got four double whoppers and put all the beef patties on one burger and ate it. Oh my uh, lord! I couldn't do. I physically, I don't think no. I could. No, it was yeah. insane. It was and, rough. And so we kept trying to like, you know, outdo everybody because the only way to get the views was if yeah. you like beat other channels. But right. Bucky yeah. was good the, at it. The Bucky... chicken leg, yeah. And I also gained so much weight yeah. from just that. Yeah, so just from doing that, yeah. taking a step back. But and for like, a while, Bucky was like the reigning chicken leg challenge. Mm-hmm. Like, really? Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't come for me. I'll beat you yeah. in a chicken leg. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm fighting words. So, yeah. like, is it like the same? You know how like Kobayashi has to dip everything in water, like to get it down. Is it that kind of stuff where you're like making strategic choices how you're eating the chicken to get it all down? Sometimes you gotta dip. You gotta dip stuff like yeah. the chicken nugget challenge. Oh, you have to dip. That, that was like a hundred chicken nuggets each. Yeah. Oh my so god. hundred chicken McDonald's nuggets. nuggets. Yeah. You can have. We a did not eat all hundred. It didn't go. We didn't eat them all. We made it to like uh, seventy-five or something each. I think or we something. ate. Do you throw up ever? Each. Does it make you throw up oh, ever? 
the pickles. Oh, they both. They were both like, <laughs> like oh, yes. Of yes. We throw up all the time. Oh, my Lord. Like, he, was, he was very sick after the pickle challenge. And that's when I was like, I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. What was the, was that the last straw, the pickle challenge? Was that it? Like, you're just, we're not doing this anymore? Yeah. I, I think, think it was it just was. like reevaluating, like, why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I don't want other people to do it. Like, it's yeah, just so yeah. you know, but, but, it, but it is nice when the little YouTube check comes in. Yeah, because you, know, you yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, like in the height of our. I mean, you know, we were doing well, and you get like, our, yeah, you get start making money, and then you start yeah. thinking this could be really big, you know? Yeah, and yeah. You keep outdoing right. yourself, yeah. and then and yeah. now that we've kind of built a channel and we have a lot of content and we get like views regularly, like it's nice to have like a little check that still comes in every month. Yeah, yeah really. Nice. You know, regardless mm-hmm. if it's a lot or not, because now that we've kind of like it's interesting because we kind of put ourselves in that corner a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then once we kind of shifted and started doing more like vlog content or just yeah. like more things like we, what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we lost a lot of viewership yeah. really? because oh. so many people came to our channel just for, for the that. challenges for like the eating. And there wow. are a lot of channels who continue down that path and like stay really popular. And like, mm-hmm. like there's one who's really controversial. His name's Nick Avocado avocado. Um, yeah. But he just like gorges basically and like, Ugh. you know, stays like, super. But anyway, there's a cost to that though. I mean, the oh, damage yeah. you're doing to your body for well, sure. And, and then you get to the kind of like, well, there's, there's people, all these people that don't have enough to eat. And then you've got like mm-hmm. an eating. I'm eating a hundred of these. Yeah. You can't yeah. have one. It's interesting though, because like, you know, throughout our channel, we had several people with disabilities reach out to us. Really? To say that they they were people who had feeding tubes yeah. or couldn't eat. And yeah. they would watch our channel or and other channels like us to oh. kind of remember if I remember one lady specifically who could eat at yeah. one point. Something happened to her, she got sick or something and she couldn't. Yeah. And she would watch our channel and she would message us be like, Oh my god, like I can, you know, I can remember what that tastes like as you're yeah. eating it. And so I'll watch you eating it to kind of really oh, satisfy. Oh, that's kind of helps really cool. them. That's cool. Yeah. 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 And so we got, we got a lot of that. Like, I mean, people, we're generally like really, I mean, like, like our YouTube channel is like fun <laughs> and fluffy and likable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like we got a lot of that, you know, we got yeah. a lot It's of like a who... morning show. I feel like I always feel like I'm watching like a morning <laughs> show, like. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think that's a good way to put it. But an enjoyable it's, one. Like yeah, it's like Regis us bickering yeah. back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Like, and so um, our friend is moving soon. So the channel's going to kind of, you know, change. like change, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Bucky and I are actually creating a new channel. Oh. Um, called, <laughs> called Southern Daddies. Hold on, you're breaking and up. And we are actually going to, are we breaking, are we there? Oh, wait a second. We lost you for a second. We lost right as you were about to tell us what the channel name was. We lost. <laughs> so go ahead and start again. Tell us again what okay. the Okay, sorry about it. So we're starting a new channel. Um, and the channel name is Southern Daddies. <laughs> and we are going to um we just got married recently, but we've been together yeah. forever. Mm-hmm. But we're going to document our journey to fatherhood, basically. Because oh, like there's not Southern Daddies, not like not like yeah, a yeah. southern dad. Well, you know, it's, it's kind a of a play media. on words. Yeah. 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 Um and we had to stick with our southern. We got oh, southern yeah. chatter, yeah. podcast, southern Of course, yeah. Yes. Got to have southern dad. Everything's southern with us. Yes. yes. Um 
So yeah, so we're starting a new YouTube channel. That is so cool. You're going to help so many people. Oh yeah. You know, that's what, as we were kind of researching how to go about this process and stuff, because we want to have biological children. So like, Mm -hmm. it's a really, really intense, expensive process. Oh gosh, how Um, does that even work? Exactly. Right. So yeah. There's not a lot of information out there for people. And so we're trying to, we're going to hopefully use our channel to just kind of document our experience. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Kind of tell people like what happens along the way and, you know, that kind of thing. Because we sought that out because Mm -hmm. like YouTube Mm -hmm. for us has become that thing where if you need to learn anything, just YouTube it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Us too. Yeah. But this is a little it just wasn't really there. Like there are a few channels who kind of talk about it every now and then, but mm-hmm. there are a lot, there are a lot of like gay men who are couples who have kids who kind of talk about it a little bit. Might be yeah. like one video or like yeah. two videos, but it's, yeah. we want to document from the start to the beginning from literally, you yeah. know, what do you do? Like when you have this yeah. idea, where do you begin? What's the process? What's the science behind it? Like, yeah. what's yeah. the cost? Because that's a huge thing for us going through this. Like, the cost of something like this, you is virtually impossible to nail down. Like oh nobody gosh. can give you. Wow. Well, an and you know, you're I, looking yeah. like, oh. it's crazy. I have so many questions already. Like I would be you don't interested need to, to know. You don't need to get into no, the graphic. I, no, I'm not. No, <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, <laughs> I know that's where you're going. No, I was actually thinking like, I would be interested to know, is it harder in one state versus another to get yes. funding oh, yeah. or to get approved yes. or to get whatever you need, like whatever, you know, there's there legislation are, in every state about different yeah. things. There and, are states that it's illegal. Yeah. There are states where surrogacy or like a GC, a gestational it's carrier, not recognized. it's le- it's illegal. Well, right. So, and just like the term you just use, like gestational carrier, like I've like, mm-hmm. Yeah, so a, much to learn for people. And I think you're right. Like nobody knows yeah. anything yeah. about this. But you yeah. think how many years back, like when YouTube first started, like nobody knew, nobody even, nobody would even think that anybody would be talking about this in a mainstream situation because it was so, it's so hush hush to even say you're gay or that you're different, yeah. you know? So we've come a long way there. So this could really open yeah. up doors for a lot of people. I'm really well, it's excited. It's kind of funny that. because so many of the, like, when you think about kind of the pioneering YouTubers, mm-hmm. like, a lot of them are, a lot of them are like gay men. I feel like, mm-hmm. which is yeah, yeah. Like my daughter, Austin. all the ones, she, all the guy, all the people she follows are gay men. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So totally. It's, does, it's yeah. a very gay platform. Yes, <laughs> or like you know, gay friendly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Um, it is, and you know, it's which just makes it awesome. Like, well, it's like yeah. the yeah. the crux of it yeah. makes sense because YouTube was just a thing. Like, you won't let us be on your show. We're gonna do it ourselves. So, yeah. if exactly. you think about it, like. I was just thinking, as I was saying, you guys are like a morning show. I was trying to think in my head, oh, you're like, I was trying to think of another morning show that has two gay guys on it. And I can't think of any. Like, are there, is there any? Like, but, but why know. not? No. Gay guys right. are the most, so, so, but I feel yeah. like maybe that's what they've done. Like, gay like, men have been ima- like. Could you imagine the view, but all gay men? Oh, I oh my God. 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 Well, the only all gay men show is the, the Queer Eye show, Queer probably, Eye, yeah. right? I mean, maybe there's some. And that's very other popular. ones on cable and that is popular but why you know, haven't we so like it, yeah it is but it's also like you know some stereotypical stuff yeah I and mean, also but, they make that yeah. so like fluffy and like and they i feel like the queer i think like it's so emotional a lot of the time yeah like, they they, heavy. it's fake yeah. fake fake emotional probably yeah. kind of right? like you yeah. know it's like it's like the whole reality show thing where somebody goes on a reality show they have like a whole backstory that's like so emotional 
Yeah. You know, that's kind of how that show is. I want but, like a I want like a late night show like like Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon everything. with two gay guys. Like that would be Well, fabulous. like, you know, Chelsea, like friends like Chelsea lately. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch that. But like on Chelsea Handler's old late night show, she had gay guys. She had gay people on there all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like Ross Matthews and like Fortune yeah. Feimster was on Fortune there. Fortune Feimster was on there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah, you don't really see that a lot. And like, which mm-hmm. is another local. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fortune Feimster from yeah, Belmont. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. We got to get back. We, we got to get. Yeah, so like, yeah, we no, this is great, in. though. So tell us where we can. So Southern Snackers on YouTube and the new one is Southern Daddies. But when is that going to drop or is it already out? So the the channel is out. You can go subscribe to it. We have not okay. even posted our first video yet. Though. Okay. Yeah. But just search um, Southern Daddies. You can find us. Our pictures. I love it. Yeah, search and... Southern Daddies on YouTube, though. Like, don't yeah. just go to Google. Because <laughs> yeah. God knows what to <laughs> Don't go to you porn and do Southern no. Daddies. That's yeah. going to be a whole different thing. Unless you guys are on there too. I, I don't mean, know. Who knows? <laughs> it might be. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're going to jump into the timeline. So thank you guys for being here. This is really exciting. I'm really excited about what you guys are doing. That's I didn't know this ahead of time. So that was like a bomb yeah. till they dropped. So that's yeah. that is really cool. I I that's really exciting. I'm really. I'm surprised. All right, we're going to stop talking about your feelings now. I'm just <laughs> really happy. But now we got to get to 1952. We left off in November of 1952. The very beginning. We, 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 we started getting in November because Amy really wanted to know about the first frozen peas right. that were sold by Bird's Eye. And then we got into that and she got all mad. So we had to end the episode. But now we're going to continue on in November. <laughs> um, so I, and we're going to start with November 4th. And I have kind of a big deal that happened on November 4th. And Generally, this stuff is boring for anyone other than me because I'm kind of a presidential history buff. So I'm trying to just hit the bullet points on this. But we got a new president on November 4th, 1952. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was an election and Republican candidate Dwight D. Eisenhower was elected president of the United States, defeating Democrat candidate Adlai Stevenson. So are you guys... Do you guys all are you familiar with this election? And like, yeah, are you guys big fair. Eisenhower fans? So I'm gonna, wa- I'm gonna so warn familiar. you guys. I'm I gonna- have an Eisenhower poster in my bedroom. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna warn you guys right now that Joe is a presidential history nerd. So okay. whatever's about to happen here, I don't know. No, not- I think I think I'm gonna do a good job of just telling you what's important. That's what I'm trying to all do. Right. Like, because I don't know much about Eisenhower. Like, I. I'm, I, I've always I'm more heard, like I've, the old president. I've got the impression that he was a good president. He really was. And this, well, keep in mind, the 40s and 50s were the time when the, the, the political parties were kind of switching. Opposites. Because mm-hmm. they were, you yeah. know, the Democrats, and then you had the Southern Democrats who were racist, and then you had, so there was the liberals, and it, it wasn't like it is now where right is one thing and left is the other. It was kind of weird, so it's kind of changing. But he was awesome. Yeah. Um, and Adlai Stevenson was good in some ways too, but I, what I really feel like in this election, it wasn't like it is now. Like now, it's so cut and dry. It's like horrible piece of shit versus pretty good guy. You know, like now it's right. like that. It's so well, there's just such a juxtaposition. Now. Yeah, yeah, and it's but right. but now it's and it was and you always know what side people are on now. Like, oh, you're religious, you're on the right. Oh, you're gay, you're on the left. Oh, you're Racist, you're on the right. Oh, you're not racist. You're on, you know whatever it is. Like yeah, but whatever. Like you're pro choice. I mean, we could get left. into the fact that minorities are not monoliths, and we need. But and I'll get get off on my soapbox about that. Yeah, that we need to make sure that we don't pigeonhole people just because they're a minority of some sort into 
the left or the right. Yes, right. You can be either one, but it just seems like it's more like like now people. It does seem don't. that way though. But here it was a little more blurred. Things were blurred and it was different. But so he, so I looked up what he was known for just because off the top of my head because I know he, you know, World War II was a big thing. Eisenhower was like a hero in World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's kind of like if you think of it like George Washington. Like George Washington was. The hero in the Revolutionary War, so they made him president because right. they're like that guy just yeah. kicked all the British ass. Yeah, so, same kind of thing here. Like he, he basically Eisenhower was like over in Germany, like defeating everybody. Hitler, ass. you know, like he was like in charge of it all. He had to keep General Patton in line, who was a crazy, yeah, you know. Per- so he was over there, like making big deals. Like when, yeah, during World War II when it ended, he was there to like reform Germany. And one of the things he was instrumental in is. He he predicted that there would be Holocaust deniers. Like really, there would be people just whitewashing it, saying, "Oh, it wasn't that bad." So he made sure to document everything mm. they were finding in the mm. concentration camps and all this stuff. So he was like, "No, get put this down, document this, write this down, put this. We need to never forget this happened," kind of thing. So that was a big thing. Can you imagine if they didn't ever documented it? If they yeah. just like let it go, yeah. just like, pretended like it never happened. Uh, I mean the. There's people itself. now that deny that it happened, and we've got extensive evidence of it. So yeah, can you imagine if the world's they, flat? You know, yeah, like. there's some of those. <laughs> but it's true. So <laughs> they say it's hollow. They yeah, say the Earth's hollow, and there's hollow. aliens that live inside the Earth. There was a guy that worked know? at the place where Brandon and I worked that tried to convince me that if you go to Antarctica, there's some cave somewhere that if you go through, you go through a, a tunnel. And it's paradise, and there's a different species of human, and they're like in every, the earth, yeah, in the inside what? the earth. Like they go, hey, through, this yeah. is a conversation we have to have later. <laughs> yeah, I know. You, now you got to know who that is. It's not yes. that long ago, too. It's just from the last five years that he was saying this. So, uh, wow. was, all right, yeah, yeah okay. I'll, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you about that later. Back to uh, Eisenhower. Eisenhower. So, he also, whoops, I spit everywhere. Ike, he also, a lot like George Washington, was. He really felt like people in the military shouldn't have political leanings. So he refused to say if he was a Republican or Democrat for a long time. Mm. Same kind of thing. He was like, that's not what we do. We fight for everyone. Mm. So that was really kind of neat. That. And yeah, he, that's. And, yeah. And he almost ran. Democrats wanted him to run as a Democrat. Republicans wanted him to run. And they had to kind of just pressure him. Just everybody liked him. Yeah. Yeah. And he the other thing he warned against is. Uh, I know. Wait a go minute. Ahead. He he warned. Um. Oh God! I taught about this, and now I can't remember. It's the, what drugs do to your brain. <laughs> what's it called? The military industrial uh, complex. Industrial complex. He, yeah. yeah, he warned against the military industrial complex. Yeah, which is just like kind of the worship of the military. Yeah, the military building up your defense and then just going and bullying everyone. Um. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which happened. Uh, like you forgot the up. What'd you say? Just blowing everyone. You said just going and blowing everyone. No, bullying everyone. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) But he was maybe blowing everyone, too. You never know. Uh, I genuinely thought you said going and blowing everyone. And then I thought you were going to say up, but then you never did. No, no, I said bullying. Yeah, I'm not very good at it. Been a twist in the plot. It would have been. <laughs> yeah. One of the, I, I don't know, maybe the negative things, like he had to choose Nixon as his running mate, though, because he had to appease the, the right-wing old guard of the Republican Party because mm. he was kind of not really anywhere else. And then I really went really deep into the 
Adelaide Stevenson thing. I didn't really know him at all. I wasn't yeah. sure we about him. We don't need to go. Basically, very he's a de- rich yeah. northern Democrat. Um, <laughs> well, but okay. rich white people ran everything. Yeah. What are you going to say? I was just going to say, you know, President Adelaide Stevenson doesn't have the same ring <laughs> as President Dwight yeah. D. Eisenhower. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is a good point. It doesn't sound, maybe it's because all the president's names have just been like forced down our throats forever, but like yeah, it doesn't just sound all the time. It doesn't sound super presidential. No. Well, and then you had the I like Ike. That was the big thing. The I like yeah. Ike thing was the big, was what everybody said. Um, Let's see. He was the oldest president elect at age 62 since James Buchanan in 1856. Wait, are you talking about Adelaide Stevenson or Dwight Eisenhower? Sorry, Eisenhower. I just, I just, my whole point about Adelaide Stevenson was like, I just decided I'm going to not talk about it. Okay. Sounds good. Because one at a time, I guess. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but, but Eisenhower was the oldest president elected at 62 since James Buchanan in 1856. And if you don't know, James Buchanan is the first and only that I know of gay president that we've had. Uh, look it up. He was gay. Huh. Uh, yeah. He, anyway, I didn't know that. Na- what they call him, Nancy? They called him Aunt Nancy. Aunt Nancy. <laughs> they all called him Aunt <laughs> and- Nancy. Yeah, they called him, yeah. I and, think that's what they call Lindsey Graham and Aunt Fancy. Yeah. Well, they yeah. called Ladybugs. Ladybugs. Graham. Oh, we're not going to talk about that. That's a whole nother that's thing. So gross. Look up Lindsey Graham and the Ladybugs. Just look that up. Okay. For your own. What? Oh, yeah. I'm it's gross. Google that. Yeah. It's, it's really. Gross. It's really graphic. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> they're like i want to get off and hear about the quarter and look up some ladybugs the ladybugs are in his anus that's a little hint all right so, stop all right. it. all right anyway uh god eisenhower was the third commanding general of the army to serve as president after george washington and you know who the other one was i can't even i'm a still... commanding general that served as president no, i was gonna know this right you know the other one the other what the other general <laughs> That became a president. You got Washington and Eisenhower. There's one other one. Um, Civil War. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Ulysses Grant. Grant. Yes. Grant. Yeah. Yes. Good. All right. Good. Anyway, uh, and Eisenhower was the last to have not held political office prior to being president until Donald Trump mm. in 2017, which... I don't. I hate even mentioning that guy ever. Um, but okay, so that's yeah. that's all I'm gonna cover. Just like I try to cover just the. That was points. very nice. I didn't get yeah. into his family nice. history yeah. or any sexual affairs. And you didn't. Or any ladybugs in his anus. Stop it. <laughs> but that brings us to November thirteenth, nineteen fifty-two. We're gonna turn it right back over to Bucky and Brandon, who are gonna tell us something cool. Oh, and Amy, right. you don't even know what they're. Gonna I don't talk know. About. I'm yeah, excited. Cool. I'm so excited about what they picked because I never know. Like. Every guest we have, I just give them a bunch of random, and I never know what they're going to pick. And yeah. So this one, I'm excited about what they picked. I don't know anything about this. So, so what are you going to tell us about? On November 13th, 1952, the first false fingernails were commercially ah! sold. Oh, my God. <laughs> we love this. <laughs> now, the story of how they came to be is interesting. Um, basically, there was a dentist named Fred Slack. Uh-huh. Um, okay. And his family, he came from a family of dentists. Okay. He broke his nail and oh, he no. was like, how can I fix this? And he was basically, the story is he was like, oh, well we use some things in dentistry that are similar to fingernails and like the adhesives and how they would repair and fill the teeth. Huh. Mm. Okay. So essentially he made himself a fake fingernail 
to and it was a big his, long talon with this a diamond in the end <laughs> yeah, yeah. to fix his uh his broken nail yeah and basically the rest is history later that later he and his family opened up a company i believe called nail systems international they literally mm. became like the pioneers of fake nails really and then oh years God. later I think in like the seventies, there were more people who came, came in the business, you know, and mm -hmm. they made yeah. the acrylic nails as we know them today. Mm -hmm. But in my research of these fake nails, I found a lot of really, <laughs> in, really entertaining things about nails. One that's really funny. And then one that is very personal to me, okay. um, that I did not find out. I already knew this, Okay, but um, basically in like ancient China, mm -hmm. um, people would grow their nails out really long as like a, like a status symbol. Okay. And like for years and years, nails were used as like basically a way to say who was rich, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, wow. And then this is a really funny fact. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I find it so amusing. Maybe because <laughs> I just love pistachios. But <laughs> in ancient Greece, the females would use pistachio shells empty pistachio shells as like fake fingernails mm. oh you're kidding <laughs> right isn't that so weird that is that is weird i um, i our can't imagine it'd that. be attractive yeah. yeah our daughter's got we get press on nails on the carpet all yeah, the time they're into that right now 12 years old they stick to your feet and stuff <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh but then like you know then you get more into like the 1920s america and then suddenly like nails like shorter more manicured nails are then a status symbol mm -hmm. and okay. so it's really interesting to think about kind of the evolution of nails like in you know in fashion and like to think about that how like way back in ancient china it was like you had super long nails that meant you were rich and then you know in greece you were like putting pistachio shells on your nails just to have prettier nails. I don't even know why you do that, but yeah, I know it's kind of like, it reminds me of like putting the bugles on the end of my fingers, like my mm -hmm. grandma's house, you know, when I was a kid and like, pretending yep. like I was a witch and had like long nails or whatever. Yeah. Well, the ancient, um, ancient China thing, is it, is it related? Do you think to like, they don't have to do any manual labor? If you're rich, yeah. you don't have to do any Probably. Work. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then you think about like, you know, now I remember, you know, when I was younger, the Guinness Book of Records was like a huge thing. And I remember yeah. like one of the biggest ones is always like who had the longest toenails. Oh, and the longest oh toenails, that long guy curly. would hold up his oh, hand and it yeah. was this long like, curling nail. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was but, gross. Um, So, yeah. So, anyway. So, then, you know, just thinking about the kind of the the transition that nails have had. And then it's just interesting to think about the dental industry um being kind of the foundation of like nail where you know where yeah. like nail art went because like from there you know came your polishes and your gel polish and all that yeah um, which huh. was like 70s and 80s when most of that you know became popular mm -hmm. um so my personal connection to this <laughs> is that fun fact for anybody who does not know mm -hmm. um i'm a huge dolly parton fan joe knows this about me yes and, you know I love um, Dolly. I, I should you should have told me I wore my t-shirt. Oh, I should I forgot to I wanted to start I wanted to start a podcast with Brandon a while back called like Obsessed. And it would start with him talking about a Dolly Parton. Just because everybody you talk to, if you really talk to somebody well enough, you'll find that almost everybody's got something that they're really, really into. So yeah. Yeah. So tell us, sure. okay, what's your yeah. what's your so what that, is the Dolly? So Dolly's my thing. Mm -hmm. Well so she wrote, so 
backstory a little bit. So she was um, approached to do the movie Nine to Five, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It was her first major motion picture. She said, being the boss she is, she always she's like a Will and Dylan, right? Dolly's always Will and Dylan. So she was like, (laughs) "I'll be in your movie." Yes. If I can write the theme song. Yes. If I can write the song, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So they were like, "Okay, yeah, sure, we want you, Dolly. You can write the theme song." So then she's on the set of the movie. She's like trying to come up with a song. Nothing's really working for her. And then she one day, like, I can't really make, I don't you know. You don't if, have nails. Can y'all hear that? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. So That's she's like on the set. Nails. And you know, it's about um, <laughs> a visual representation. Brandon is rubbing yeah. his nails together. Yeah. yeah. Um, Brandon is rubbing his nails together <laughs> on the microphone. <laughs> Um, no, they, um, so she's on the set and she like realized one day she's like, oh my God, like, you know, the the nine to five is obviously set in an office for if there's Mm -hmm. anybody that hasn't seen it, shame on you. Yeah. Um, She's awesome in that. And she realized she's like, oh, like the noise that my nails make kind of sounds like a typewriter. Mm -hmm. And so then she literally is just walking around the set, like doing this. And then that's how. Stumble out of bed and you tumble in the kitchen, pull myself a cup of it. <laughs> yep. Like, so literally she wrote this song on her nails on the set. Oh my That's gosh. So, so if you go to the actual album that 9 to 5 is on, it says Dolly Parton, lead vocals and nails. Uh. <laughs> like, they, like they literally, like she legitimately is playing her nails on the actual like, really? recording of 9 to 5. Really? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Oh, I'm so not funny. like if you look it up. Look, yeah. that can be what you can look up after this. I'm gonna go Google <laughs> Lindsey Graham Ladybug. Yeah. Oh my god, you'll never be the same. Don't use your work computer. <laughs> you, can, you can go Google like I don't know. Well, I want to. I just want to listen. I want to listen to the song and see yeah. if I can hear the nails yeah. at the beginning. And she's always done it like in interviews and stuff. I mean, she's talked about this a bunch at interviews. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, but if you're like a Dolly freak like me then you would know you know this she, uh, would know. and she, so yeah. i did not look this up but now but now i'm like is she like the only person who's ever been credited with like playing her nails on like a major like a song i bet Maybe, i can't probably. imagine anybody like, else can you, like i don't know what else <laughs> yeah know. but like to hear her like if you ever like for all of you out there you should just look up dolly nails nine to five or something i don't know but if you like see her playing her nails and singing the song it like makes perfect sense it's like oh, oh my yeah. god ge- yeah. genius and so she was so funny. good in that movie too i mean she was so beautiful mm-hmm. and she was so funny and good oh, yeah I mean, she's so good yeah it's such so likable but yeah I, I bet there's a whole genre maybe there's a whole subgenre of house music where they just play names <laughs> <laughs> maybe. maybe you never but know. so throughout you know when you when you gave me this topic i was like yeah. okay and then i didn't even make the connection until much later wow that's I was like, cool oh my god like this is so funny because this has something to do with like something I'm obsessed with. Yeah. That's you know, if awesome. This, if and I learned something. I learned. If Fred I Slack had never invented these fake fingernails, Dolly Parton may have never written nine to five. Right. Oh my that's God. true. That's and my life mean. would have never been the same. <laughs> you would, you would be a fan of, uh, I don't know, banana Rama or maybe Leanne <laughs> yeah. rhymes. No, who's or uh, who's the gal? Who's the older gal? With a, who's the country singer? Reba with the red McIntyre. Hair? Reba McIntyre. Reba? You'd well, be a I mean, Reba I, fan. I love Reba. Well, you would only be a Reba fan. Yeah, but she transcends. Me. The cool thing about her is that, you know, of course, and we've talked about this, but just that her audience 
and she refuses to alienate anyone. Like her audience is yeah. just an amalgamation of mm-hmm. Americans that literally anybody have yeah. completely different backgrounds and feelings and beliefs, but they all come together for Dolly. So, yep. um, she's a it. national treasure. She is. She is. Mm-hmm. And I'll add this: that throughout my research, I also found out that 1952 is ironically the year that Dolly Parton gave her first public singing performance of all time ever. Oh, really? Wow. In her in her grandpa's Pentecostal Holiness Church up in the hills of Tennessee. Really? Oh, Why did wow. I cover that? I didn't. That's I wonder, like the. I missed that. You missed it. <laughs> I didn't know that happened. What? <laughs> there was a Dolly fact. That's you what it. you should have let him you? cover. But I remember just li- well. Oh, it was from that podcast, Dolly Parton's America, Chad Abernathy's yeah. Radio Lab, where I listened to that whole thing. It was interesting, just how she started and that that guy who she started with. I forget his name. That was real bastard that she finally got away from oh porter uh, wagner a uh, porter wagner yeah. yeah yeah like i didn't even know any of that like yeah you know mm. when i i my earliest memory of her is just her singing with kenny rogers when i was a kid you know so, yeah um yeah so yeah. anyway but i have something on that same day november 13th 1952 good uh, job guys by the way yeah that was great that was really Thanks. very interesting Thanks. i, I love really hard. Make i worked really hard on that <laughs> 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 Lucky put Brandon up to it. Yeah. Um, so I have something kind of interesting, I think, about this random guy. Okay. That, um, uh, so this this first part I got from chestnuthilllocal.com, which is a, 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 Philadelphia, or a Pennsylvania paper mm-hmm. uh, online. Do you guys know who Margaret Wise Brown is? Yes. You guys know who that is? No, the, no. The, they, she's a children's author. Children's author. She she's the author of Goodnight Moon. Yeah. Oh, you've probably okay, seen yeah. that book. You've heard that yeah. book. And you'll get familiar with that book once you guys start on your journey. Yeah. Because that's the first kid's book. They'll Everybody be obsessed reads their with children. It. Like your every, child will be obsessed with little it. Little babies love Goodnight Moon. I never knew it when I was a kid I until we it. had kids. Like yeah. you bought it for our kids. That was my first. So I didn't know what it was. But but then it was a bit everyone said, Oh, that's a classic. Everyone knows Goodnight Moon. <clears throat> that's all I knew about Goodnight Moon. I didn't know anything else. I didn't know anything about the author. But it's kind of a wild riot I found out uh, in 1952. So in 1952, Margaret Wise Brown, who was this tall, beautiful, athletic, blonde woman, uh, she was in Nice, France, on a book promotion tour, and she had to enter a hospital for surgery. Most accounts say it was for appendicitis. Mm-hmm. But the opera and the operation went well. In fact, the doctor came around to see her and she stood up and did a quick can can style leg kick to show him that she her had beaver. that she had <laughs> just imagine just in the hospital gown. <laughs> you know? She probably did show her beaver a little bit. <laughs> you uh, can't do a can can kick in a hospital gown. <laughs> so that's not what I was going to say. Okay, sorry. But she stood up to show that show him that she had lost her athletic vigor like that she was still athletic you know look i'm fine i'm all better and that was typical of her she would do that but this time the sudden exertion loosened a blood clot that went right to her heart and (gasps) killed her within minutes jesus yeah what way to bring down like my favorite children's author my god yeah she she died within minutes but it gets crazier this thing gets crazier the the more about this so she dies within minutes she was only 42 all right So this is Margaret Wise this Brown. This is right after her can-can kick? Right after her can-can <laughs> kick. Everybody saw her beaver, and then she died. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Every time. When y'all, say the kick, when y'all say the kick, you remember the... Um, yes, I, I imagine her... 
I imagine her being 50. like Sally O'Malley. Yes. Like, yeah. But she's like, I can kick. Yeah, and stretch. She's like, look, I can kick. Yeah. And Amy did that character every single day when we saw that on that Oh, my God. I she loved was it. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So back to Margaret Wise Brown, who just died in a hospital floor in France. Um, so, so it turns out this they had to go into her finances and everything. And the author of Good Night Moon. She now, Goodnight Moon wasn't what it was in '52 as it is today. Like, right. It wasn't even, it wasn't even popular. popular at all. It was like barely anything. Like it wasn't worth much. Um, so she had left all of the book's royalties to her nine-year-old neighbor, Albert Clark, in 1952. Whoa! So it was like she was like best friends with the mom, but she left all. And, and the weird thing to me is that he had a brother. She oh. didn't. She didn't leave him. Anything, hardly anything, but she left her, her whole fortune, a bunch of books and stuff to Albert. So it's a little weird. Like what That's is going on? Weird. So my first thing thought was kind of like maybe, maybe she and the neighbor lady were together. Like in the fifties, you couldn't. Oh, maybe you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, true. but we'll get into more. So Albert, though, who the nine-year-old who got the inheritance, but she gave not only the books, uh, other inheritance too. So at the time it was worth like $15,000, like everything. The book was, was not worth much, like 500 bucks only enough, not much. Um, but Albert claims that he overheard his mom, his biological mom or his mom, his real mom, Joan McCormick was her name on the telephone in 1955, a couple years later, yeah, telling her sister-in-law about the inheritance. She left him. Margaret Weiss Brown left him. Uh, and according to Albert, she also mentioned that Margaret Wise Brown is actually Albert's biological mother. <gasps> oh, okay. how did what? I don't know. So that's that. That makes that's sense, what, though. That, that would make sense. Why? So she, why did why she kicked? Why she, uh, was, the vagina? Part no, or why she left well, the money to him? That, that would make sense to me too. It's like why else would she give it to a neighbor boy, you know, or whatever, and not the other, you know? So, but. His brother, Austin, Albert's brother, Austin, says that's rubbish. OK, mm-hmm. he says Austin Clark says that's delusional thinking uh, because and his thing is he's Miss Brown. She bequeathed to Austin one title, another book she wrote called Sailor Dog, mm-hmm. which isn't popular at all. And his most recent monthly royalty check was for thirteen dollars and eighty eight cents. Okay, And so we'll get into what Goodnight Moon is making this Albert uh, in oh, a little Lord, bit. I can't, you can't even imagine it's so popular. So, yeah. Um, and then also a biographer of Margaret Wise Brown, uh, Leonard Marcus, did a 1992 biography. So they asked him, what do, what do you think about this? And he was like, nobody ever intimated to me that she might have been pregnant or that she was hiding it. So he was skeptical. Hmm. But that's that doesn't mean doesn't you would mean. know. I mean, people can do crazy stuff. In the 50s, I feel like there was all kinds of things in the 50s where. Well, and people turned the pregnant, other way. What's that? People turned the other way. They looked the other way on everything. Yeah. Right? So if you got Family like if you secrets, if you, you got know? pregnant in high school, they just send you away. Oh, that right? happened. To, that happened. Like to, they, you yeah. Know, all kinds of stuff like that. Like if you were gay, nobody would. You couldn't talk about it. You would have to keep. You would go away, secret, have the baby, like, and then come back. Like everything was without so, a baby. It's just crazy what we've yeah finding. But anyway, one thing that is true apparently about her though, and you can find this everywhere, is that she did have an affair with a woman named Michael Strange. Do you guys know who Michael Strange is? Is that a famous person that just I didn't know? No. Uh, Wait, it's, it's a woman named Michael Strange? It's a Strange? woman named, that's her pen name. 
Oh, uh, okay. Of John Barrymore's ex-wife, Blanche Ulrichs. Mm-mm. I didn't know if this was a common thing that everybody knows, and I was like, I don't know who this is. So apparently John Barrymore's ex-wife uh, had a love affair with Margaret Wise Brown, oh. and it began as a mentoring relationship because Ulrichs was 20 years older, and I guess it was like they're authors, and yeah. they're both authors. She was like teaching her how to be an author or whatever. So yeah. they apparently had a love affair. Yeah. So that makes, in my mind, that opens it up to potentially maybe she was in love with her neighbor, uh, but she was really, she was engaged. Margaret Wise Brown was engaged to a guy, some rich guy at the time when she died. So, but maybe she was really in love with her neighbor. And it was a thing where they couldn't tell anybody mm-hmm. she was probably married. And then so maybe, but I don't but know. But why not just leave it to her then? Right. Yeah. I don't get that. I don't know. How, yeah. I don't understand. That's the the, hmm. the crazy thing. So. I um, mean, is there, well, yeah. But, well, here's the craziest part. Being a woman, because when, if it's a woman, like. You know if it's the woman's baby or not. Right. Somebody does. It's not yeah. as if, you know, with yes. men, like, sure, like, right. yeah, that can be, yeah. you know, in question and nobody will ever really know unless you do a DNA test. But mm-hmm. when this is like. That's the weird part of it, I who, think, that you yeah. would know. I guess you could hide a pregnancy. I mean, there are people that have babies and they don't know they're pregnant. Like, that yeah. does happen. Like, mm-hmm. I've known, I know one and she wasn't even, I don't think that happened. Anyway. Well, if she was wealthy, especially. Yeah. Like if she had wealth, like oh, she, she could, could just hide. go on, a, just, she could just go on like an eight month long vacation. Yeah, you know? right, a cruise or whatever. And it would be probably not that abnormal. Yeah, yeah. I think she had. She was well off. She was born, and she did her background. Margaret Wise Brown. She didn't have a great childhood. She was in and out of therapy as a kid and had some trouble, but she was rich. So, mm. but here's the thing that's crazy: why this is even a story? Not even that stuff. It's the the fact that she left all this money to Albert Clark, and that since then. Clark has been arrested dozens of times, had two kids with a homeless woman he met on 6th Avenue in New York City, and squandered most of the millions that he received. Um, according to a Wall Street Journal article in the year 2000 from Joshua Harris, he I just have to use this quote. It's written so well. Mr. Clark was a rascally nine-year-old when he inherited that jewel. Ever since, as Goodnight Moon had drifted toward the center of America's collective consciousness, he has floated on the fringes of society. No steady job, no fixed place of abode, dozens of arrests. Rarely has his life traced a path through terrain even remotely resembling the world of Miss Brown's stories. Over the years, that world has yielded to him nearly $5 million. And by 2000, he only had $27,000 in cash left. And that was in 2000. So it's been 20 years. But after this sort of Wall Street Journal article was written, he kind of disappeared. But he disappeared with... $480,000 $480,000 something that was his last after he squalored everything else yeah um and so his quote was I'm an inept bungler when it comes to business matters Mr. Clark said um but and so he did there was an attorney who wouldn't let him get any money till he was 21 and then also give him an allowance because they knew he was bad news like he had been arrested so many times right um so they only gave him an allowance every every month or every mm-hmm. couple of months and then he would just live off it. Like, he would just live at the beach. Um, Sounds nice. And, yeah, so he was, throughout his life, he was he was arrested for uh, smashing a traffic light, uh, stealing cars, a lot of fights. Um, he, he left home in high school, mm-hmm. but he would still sneak back into his parents' house and steal food. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he uh, he would use a sledgehammer to empty parking meters of change. 
Meanwhile, he's he's continued to make all this money. Um, he he would rob. He would go from he was in Thailand and India, like all these different countries, just living on the beach, doing whatever. Started having children with mm-hmm. random people. Um, meanwhile, just making millions and millions, uh, and just like spending it. Like he never did anything other than just kind of just drift. <laughs> And so, like, all this money she left to him. Uh, and then he, towards, like, the, I think the 70s, he, yeah, he was in Puerto Rico or somewhere. And then he got arrested for marijuana. Uh, marijuana. So to avoid prison, he went back to New York. And this is where he met a homeless woman and started living in a car with her and had two children. Um, meanwhile, I was making about $45,000 a year in the 70s. So that's. That's not bad. That's not bad for the 70s. Mm-mm. But he would get arrested for larceny, things like that. He sounded like he had mental health problems. Yeah. Yeah, I think he just, yeah, it was just like a, he didn't give a shit, I guess. So, um, but then he ended up, so when the executor, the guy, the lawyer that was like kind of giving him his stipends or whatever. Yeah. When he died, he had finally kind of cleaned up a little bit. He had bought a house for his family and. Uh, he and the homeless lady broke up. I mean, she wasn't homeless anymore. She moved in his house, but she was abusive. She was, again. She was abusive. So she, he was she rewarded. Was abusive to him? She was abusive to him and the kids, I guess. And so he oh. was rewarded the kids and then yes. she was gone. But, um, but he still was just not, I mean, it was just like scrolling. So yeah, when that guy da- died, he had $488,000, um, that was a real downer of a story. Yeah, and that's so he just swallowed <laughs> yeah. all her money, and we don't know why or why she gave it to him. But in the end, he said, "Good Night Moon" isn't even his favorite book. His, oh Jesus! He was partial to Pussy wow. Willow uh, <laughs> because he said this furry, this little furry gray kitten gets lost. He said he's wandering, <laughs> he's wandering past different kinds of things, different types of trees, and then all I remember is that he finally realizes he's home because he sees a Pussy Willow tree. <laughs> That was written by Joshua yeah. Harris Prager. You can email him <laughs> so at josh.prager at wallstreetjournal.com. Uh, yeah, so that's right. that was just a long, meandering story. And I sense when it got boring, I hurried through a lot. Yeah, you <laughs> did. Because so you had written about eight pages. I did. I love how insecure you are about your, sto- your, your well, story. As I'm tells. reading it, I'm like, yeah, it's so hard for me to edit stuff because I, I, I know that I find things interesting that the general public doesn't yes. so it's hard for it's sometimes i try to <laughs> and then yes. and sometimes but sometimes i do think people like stuff that you don't like no so, that's i'm not saying i know i'm just saying sometimes you all right why do you gotta be about me just peer pressure uh <laughs> all right i got a couple more things now do you guys do you guys bucky and brandon do you guys like birthdays I mean, what? yeah, I think so. <laughs> sure, yeah. Because yeah. normal people like birthdays, but I'm going to hit yeah. this theme song. Hit it! Amy, Amy hates birthdays. Amy hates birthdays. Because she hates it when I cover birthdays, because I started just putting notable people's birthdays in this. No, not, they're not thing. notable people. Oh, this one is. <laughs> because on November 15th, 1952... Born in Columbus, Ohio, the eldest son of Judy and Angelo Poffo. His father was Italian-American and his mother was Jewish. Randy Poffo was raised Roman Catholic and was born. Randy Poffo. Randy Macho Man Savage. 
the Macho Man, oh, Randy Savage's yeah. birthday. I have to give you. I have to let you cover that. Yes, Bucky likes because Bucky like that. <laughs> his dad was a wrestler, Angelo Pafo. His little brother was Lanny Pafo. He lived in Zanesville, Ohio, where he attended Grover Cleveland Middle School. He graduated from Downers Grove North High School in Downers Grove, Illinois, same high school that uh, Denise Richards went to. So, how about that? Now you know that little bit of trivia. Oh, Randy nah, Savage. I with that. Yeah. See, like, he, like, can... he likes Denise Richards better. <laughs> uh, weren't you? Weren't you Macho Man for Halloween? That one? No, you. No, that was the Undertaker. Sorry. Yeah, was, never mind. Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> No, a lot of people don't know. You guys probably nobody here will care about this. You guys aren't baseball fans, are you guys? Um, no. I found out today as I was just browsing through this that can we before can I t- can we take a little yeah right after I break? say this sentence and okay. then we'll take a break. No, we're almost done. I only got one other thing and we're done. We're oh, okay. So Larry Herndon, a famous Cardinals baseball player, was Macho Man Randy Savage's roommate uh, when they were in the minor leagues. Larry Herndon's a big deal. Okay. So, so Randy got... Macho Man played minor league baseball too. Oh yeah, he played for the Reds. Yeah, he played minor league baseball. He was going to go full out in his baseball career while his brother and everybody else did wrestling, but he, I think he hurt his knee or something. And we covered it on an episode of American Timeline. So you have to go back to episode uh, fourteen. <laughs> no, I don't know. So where this is <laughs> the second time that Randy Macho Man Savage has made an appearance. On oh, the podcast. oh, oh, Brandon, the second time this episode he brings <laughs> up. Randy Macho Man Savage, pretty much every episode. I'm a big fan of Randy Macho Man yeah. Savage. He's got three t-shirts. Ooh, yeah, I got that Christmas sweater with Macho Man. Well, here's a here's a fun fact, yeah. a wrestling fun fact. You know, Bucky's real estate agent. He recently sold a house that oh. had previously been the home of Ric Flair. Oh, woo! That's right. He's yes, from around he's here, from Charlotte yeah. area. So what what part of town can you say, or is that illegal to disclose? Um, no, it was like, it was like basically right in Matthews. Um, okay. In between like Matthews and South Park. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. That's I didn't know Rick Flair lived over there. I know Arn Anderson, you know who that is? One of the four horsemen. I think he still lives in town somewhere. <laughs> and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's son lives in Waxhaw where we are. All anyway. Right. All right. Enough. All right. <laughs> and then. All right. <laughs> we got to play the theme song again because we got another birthday. No. Actor Delroy Lindo was born on November 18th, 1952. Okay. Do you guys know who Delroy Lindo is? I don't. Oh, you would. If you Google him, you'll know him. He was what in Get it? Shorty. Like notable. Get Shorty. Is, he's uh, Who was he in Get Shorty? Oh, uh, I don't know. The bald black guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a bald black guy. He's a cool bald black guy. But I didn't know he was British. Um. He is. He's got three Screen Actors Guild awards. Oh. He was in. He was in Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. Played West yeah. Indian Archie. I mean, yeah. Now seeing his Crooklyn. He's like one of those guys where you know you know his face but never his name. You never know his name. Exactly. And then it, uh, well, I always know his name because I love saying Delroy Lindo. Uh, <laughs> All right. I yell Delroy Lindo every time I see him. Um, oh no! Yeah, we got to <laughs> get to your story. So yeah, we got to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
after Delroy Lynn knows your story. So we're going to take a quick break. This will be a perfect place. This is where we're going to take a quick break and listen to our sponsor. Paranormal horror author Eve S. Evans introduces a brand new spine-chilling release. Supernatural 911 Calls, available on Amazon today. First responders with any real time on the job believe in ghosts. They've experienced events they can't otherwise explain. Same with other professions that deal with injuries, accidents, or death. Police officers, firemen, 911 operators, they've seen the worst that people can do to one another, and they've all had brushes with the unexplained. Don't believe in ghosts? This book might change your mind and steal any hope of sleep. These stories are unexplainable, true accounts from first responders, police officers, firemen, and 911 operators, told from the perspective of everyday people. Every single tale between these covers is 100% true. Think you can explain them? We dare you to try. Okay, and we're back. So buy that book. That's I want to buy that book, don't you? That, oh, yeah. That book about the ghost yes. stories? Yes. Yeah, yeah. On Amazon. It's on Amazon. I know. We owe Amazon a lot of money. Well, just add it to the yeah, bill. Yeah, it's I don't know. Yeah, so buy that book. And now we're going to get back, and Amy's got something to tell us about yeah. on November 22nd, 1952. Bucky and Brandon, how, how are you guys with horrible rape stories? Do you like them? Are you into rape stories? Um, I mean, yeah. I do watch like SVU a lot. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, they're murderinos. And I and I've watched like the unedited versions of like I Spit on Your Grave and Last House on the Left. I don't know if you've ever seen those. But... Oh my god! Ooh, I don't. I that's almost too much for me. I, I, I tried. Impressive. I spit on your grave, and I was like, I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> so you like murders? You guys are okay with yes. murders and true crime? Yeah, I love it. Right. Well, this those... one. Yeah, those movies are specifically like rape revenge movies. Yes, Ugh. yes. Yeah, and, I wouldn't like, like those. It's bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm not a fan of rape. No, and there is a touch well, of rape in good. this. <laughs> <laughs> there is rape in this. There's a touch. Oh. Okay, so it's been kind of challenging to find big crimes every month of 1952. Right. So I kind of expand a little bit out. You know, I love it when you do UFO stories. Well, Those this isn't that. Oh. I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I'm going to talk about the Heel Street Gang. Okay, the okay. Heel Street Gang. But okay. really, what I'm going to talk about is the worst prison in America. The worst prison in America. Yeah, this is known. It 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 used to be known as the Alcatraz of the South. And oh, it also the farm. This is in 1952. Well, this is the Angola prison. Okay. And it is considered to be one of the most brutal prisons in the history of the United States. Well, if you guys are going to have the Southern Daddies and a Southern show, you, need you to might know as the well, worst, right? The a worst southern, prison in the South. Southern prisons. Um, it was a nightmare for convicts to be sent to the prison. In the 1930s, hardened prisoners broke down upon learning of their sentence there. At one point, 10% of Angola prisoners were stabbed. 10%? Yeah. Oh, God. I'm 10%? so scared of prison. Yeah. I'm scared of prison. I think ten percent is low. That seems low. Like my biggest fear in life is I'm going to get framed for something and go to prison, and just get endlessly raped. All right, <laughs> we're moving on. Because I will not. I am not. I'm not tough. You. I'm not tough. Right. I will. Let's keep going. We're moving He's this rain along. I think. Yeah. The, yeah. I think the funny guys, though, like I think. Fu- I think funny guys usually get left alone, right? Don't they? Like if I tell jokes, I don't know. Or do oh. I just become the bitch? No, you have to become the lawyer. You have to 
get, get your ass in the library and learn all the case law, and then you can help the other inmates with Yeah, but Andy Dufresne, Andy Dufresne got raped. Yeah, that's true. All right. Anyway, back to prison. <laughs> so... The Angola Prison, officially known as the Louisiana State Penitentiary, okay. is a maximum security prison operated by the Louisiana Department of Corrections. Originally, it was a plantation owned by Isaac Franklin in the 1830s, a slave trader and a planter. Okay. He, he, so a slave plantation so that became a prison. a plantation a prison. turned prison. Yes. Which is basically what our system is. He named it Angola because the majority of the enslaved people that were brought to Louisiana were from the African country of Angola. Oh. The plantation had multiple owners in the next 50 years. Finally, it was purchased by Samuel Lawrence James in 1880. He was a former officer of the Confederate States Army. Okay. It was James who turned the plantation into a prison for storing prisoners. This was possible through the convict leasing system. As early as 1844... Louisiana used to lease out convicts as enslaved people to private corporations such as plantation owners. Because if you don't know, when they abolished slavery, there was a loophole that said slavery is still legal as long as they're a prisoner. Right. Somebody who's committed a crime. So the, the thing was, let's just put black people in jail for any old thing that we could say is a crime mm -hmm. and slavery still exists. So and then just rent them out. Yeah. yeah. Basically. Right. yeah and then yeah. You rent, now you rent them out to other people. Yep. So. So the, the corporation or the lessee was responsible for taking care of the convicts and even housing them. So all the convicts at the Angola plantation were under James's care and without state intervention. Ugh. Currently, the prison has 6,300 prisoners. To look after the prisoners, it has 1,800 staff. So Major James, the guy who took it over, right? right. He had full authority over the convicts. He, um, and he was very violent with okay. them. Um, if they misbehaved or had disagreements with the master, then they would need to pay minor fees and fines as punishment. This gave an edge to Major James, who abused the convicts who misbehaved. He even used to underfeed them and make them work extra long hours under harsh conditions. And sometimes even they would even get murdered and he would kind of bury them on the plantation Ugh. grounds. When that was before it was a prison. Right. No, this is when it just turned into a, had just turned oh, into a prison. Oh, just into a prison. When okay. stories of abuse and harsh living conditions escaped the walls of the plantation, the state took full control of the prison in 1901. But even that was in vain. The state never allocated proper funds for the betterment of the prison and continued decreasing costs. In the 1940s, a former Angola prisoner named William Sadler wrote a series of articles depicting the inhumane life in the prison. He described a warden who would walk around with a three-foot leather strap to lash the prisoners. Shit. Sadler wrote, he raised it over his head with both hands and brought it down with a sharp pop like a pistol shot on the naked man's back. One, two, three, twenty. The count goes beyond thirty. The man moans, pleads for mercy, calls on God. The captain tells him, you better call on someone closer to you, someone who can help you. So when even the state failed Jeez. to provide better conditions, the prisoners took matters into their own hands. And this is when we get to 1952. I just can't believe all of it. Like, just, just the brutality of it all. Like, of just yeah. the... The world. You, like, do how you hear? The world like they so... have. There's news reports now about how there's a crisis in the prisons because they're not air conditioned. Ugh, prisons yeah. aren't air conditioned. Did you know that? And uh, and all across the country, these prison these prisoners are people are passing out and dying from heat strokes in the, the prisons because they won't they won't air condition because they think it's a luxury. Are we just yeah. awful human? Is just human? Is human nature just horrible? Like why? How is there all this awfulness? I think greed, but people, yeah, people are just terrible people. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, I, mean, I think you're right. I mean, that's literally a lot of people. Are, some people are just terrible. They just suck. Yeah. They just suck. It's like, if, I just feel like if somebody just went in and was like, hey, this is awful. You're yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't get Would it. You'd like, probably just be like turned into a slave or like. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be in beat yeah. to death or yeah. your family threatened. I mean, you know what I yeah. mean? Uh-huh. Just, so you didn't say anything. People just didn't speak up. That's the thing about those people. They're people in power. So like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Power corrupts you, right? Goes to your head or something. Okay. So in 1952, 31 inmates slit their Achilles tendons to protest the harsh conditions in the prison. Oh. That would hurt so bad. In the book, The Life and. Yeah, I know. In the book, The Life and Legend of Lead Belly, the treatment at Angola prison was described as probably as close to slavery as any person could come in 1930. Yeah. Criminals would break down when they were told they had, had been sentenced to Angola. This is how bad the conditions were. Most often, the violence was the result of white-black racial tensions. In the 1950s, each year, one in every ten inmates received stab wounds. And I already had said that. The inmates who slit their tendons later came to be known as the Heel Street Gang. Ugh. Their actions did not go all in vain, though. Okay. National news agencies started writing expose stories on the living conditions at Angola Prison, and Collier's Magazine, which we is what have, we're talking about. This is which we have on our living room wall. Yeah, Amy's got a bunch of covers of the old Collier's fifties pinup. Yes, covers. Yeah, I love hmm. them. Anyway, um, they ish, the this the nineteen fifty two issue referred to the prison as the worst <laughs> prison in America. Right. Margaret Dixon, the managing editor of Baton Rouge Morning Advocate. Um, worked towards bringing reform to the prison and her efforts helped the prison to some length. Um, and then for decades, the violence couldn't be curbed. Then this, they got this new warden named Burl Kane in 1995. And when he came on, it was one of the most violent prisons in America. Really? Did he fix it? He, yeah, he, um, he came in and he, he had this religious thing that he brought in, but it did help. Oh. It helped curb the violence. Okay. And um, they, because they were ministering to them, they yeah. weren't just punishing them. Right. They were yeah. ministering to, to them. And no matter what it is you're ministering, it, that will be a, a salve. Okay. You know, a salve or an ointment or a cream? Something like that. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> and now today, now this did this article, and I'll tell you where it came from in a minute, but um, they said the prison has museum has a museum and yearly shows that bring funding into the prison and that helps the authorities improve prison conditions leading to a better life in the prison hey and there's kids want to go see the prison museum prison rodeo and prison shows. rodeo prison okay now i would pay for that, <laughs> the prison rodeo the prison rodeo no wouldn't that be awesome Bucky, did you say prison musical yeah <laughs> oh my god why that, hasn't anybody done that is there one there's got to be think. one right Jailhouse Rock. Jailhouse Rock. Is that a musical? Is that a musical? Well, there's Cell Block Tango from Chicago. Oh, there yeah, you there go. There you go. I knew you'd think of something. So my source was unbelievablefacts.com. So <laughs> I'm not going to say for sure that the pr- the conditions have improved all that much at Angola Prison. I did yeah. hit, I did verify that it was true, but. So it is still a functioning prison today? Yep. It is. So wow. I know that sounds like you didn't do a lot of research. So this no. is a gotcha question, but. Yeah, it is. After you cover your, cut your Achilles Oh, God, tendon, I don't you, know. Do you ever, can you ever walk again? Like, what's? I don't know. You can have it, yeah, I limping? mean. limping? 
Yeah, like people rip it in sports injuries, and you just yeah. have to kind of have it put back together. Oh but, God! Cut it. But back in the third, now that I don't know, cutting it might be. The, don't you think cutting it would be, be better irreparable. than like ripping it apart? Uh, At least it's a nice clean cut. Why don't you guys for your YouTube sure channel? Why don't you try it? Why don't you guys try yeah. it for your YouTube but channel? See what you know happens. For the sad, views, though, for the views. What's yeah. sad is that. I mean, I guess it's good that, you know, the news caught on and stuff, but you probably know that the men that did that and cut their heels or whatever, mm-hmm. they probably were still forced to work with the injury. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I yeah. mean? It probably yeah. didn't work out the way they... Mm-hmm. I, I would guess they got out of it, for, at least for the interim, like when they're bleeding all over the place, right? <laughs> Wouldn't they like... You would well, think, then maybe, I but know. I mean, I'm saying like they probably didn't get like... Oh, they probably medical got the, attention. They probably right. got the shit kicked out of them too. Probably, I would guess. Oh, it's terrible. There's just yeah. so much wrong. With their that was another downer. I know. Yeah, I'm sorry. Downer. Well, I'm gonna bring us up. I'm gonna end this on a light note because on November 26, 1952, the first ever 3D fe- feature film Ooh. Uh, premieres in Los Angeles called Buana Devil, directed by Arch Obler. Starring Robert Stack and Barbara Britton. <laughs> Buana Devil is based on the true story of the Savo Maneaters and filmed with God. a natural vision 3D system. The film is notable for sparking the first ever 3D film craze in the motion picture industry, as well as for being the first feature length 3D film in color and the first 3D sound feature in English. The advertising tagline was The Miracle of the Age, a lion in your lap, a lover in your arms. <laughs> God, they loved 3D movies in the 1950s. Well, remember, there's always a guy running around in the 50s with 3D, with 3D glasses, glasses on, on. Like, just running around, like, all the time. Yeah. Um, and then, well, I'm going to bring it back down a little bit. Why? Oh, Let's just end. On November 30th, Jackie Robinson accused <laughs> the New York Yankees of racial bias on national television. <gasps> I guess I could just end it and not talk about this. Uh, but basically, the Yankees were one of the only teams that didn't have any black people on it still. At this mm. time, everybody started integrating. Yeah. And um, uh, Jackie Robinson called Jackie out Robinson, for it. according to the book Elston and Me, the story of the first black Yankee by Arlene Howard and Ralph Wimbish in 2001. Uh, Jackie Robinson. So it, it wasn't, he hated the Yankees. A lot of people think because he, he had four World Series losses to them. Um, but after Jackie broke the color barrier in 1947, the Yankees continued to dominate the Brooklyn Dodgers and the rest of the major leagues with all white lineups. In November, on November 30th, 1952, on a New York TV show called Youth Wants to Know, Jackie Robinson blasted baseball's most prominent team. A young girl asked Jackie why the Yankees had no black players. And without blinking, he said, I think the Yankee management is prejudiced. Uh, Robinson's comment wasn't good for him. First shock. At, yeah, I mean. He did so much. Like he, yeah. he had such balls to. I mean, he, Jackie Robinson was getting spiked by everybody. Like people were hitting him and yep. and and like bumping into, hitting him on purpose, like spiking him on on the baselines and stuff. And then he just like stood up and said said this. You know, that's he had pretty big balls. I yeah. Think. So, um, what was I gonna say? Uh, anyway. Yeah, so he he made that comment on national TV, and 
But I think he made change. Like he helped make change. So that sure. it's a go. downer that they were still white, but and then they were winning everything. But but that's it. That's all in November of nineteen fifty two. Yes. Nothing else happened. And that's all we're gonna cover. Nothing else happened. But we got nails, we got brand new nails, we got three D movies, we got a horrible yeah. prison system, we got racism, <laughs> we got rapes, we got oh, I guess book. I... we got a children's book that leaves yeah, with a very twisted. That was my favorite yeah, where, where story. the author shows her beaver, then dies instantly, yeah, and then leaves all yeah, the money was, to a, that was weird. a guy who yeah, impregnates homeless people. So, <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for being here, guys. Check out Southern Snaggers. Check out Southern Daddies. You can subscribe now yes. on YouTube. I'm so excited about that. I know. Um, I'm gonna watch that. That's so cool. I can't wait to follow your journey, and I, I'm so excited just to find out about what you guys find out about. Yeah. you know how difficult it is and then i wish you guys both success and mm-hmm. and doing it we'll be following along and hopefully if you're not both completely miserable we'll have you back someday uh oh yeah yeah we love you guys uh so thank you so much yes thank you yeah thank anything you else so you guys much. want to leave them with you guys want to do a little quick song a little quick doo-wop to <laughs> sing us out we could do we could do our outro yes what? what's the outro for, for our... our podcast okay because we do have a podcast, Southern Chatter, which we did yeah, like Southern a little Chatter. episode right before this yeah. to kind of promote this as Get well. Ready? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay. And just remember, y'all, when life gets tough, just keep on chatting. <laughs> that's oh, that's so cute. Right. <laughs> so well, our I YouTube think the channel, we say that, but we say keep on snacking. Yeah. Keep on snacking. Oh, I love that. And keep on American timeline. And, yep. and, and it is and, time and we, to get out of here, Chuck Berry. Yeah, get out of here, Chuck Berry. I was just gonna say, these guys also, can they look at you? Can can they see your your Christmas carols on Southern Snackers? They're on our yeah, they're on oh, our Oh, those YouTube. I love. Yeah, yeah, they're on our YouTube channel. Okay, yeah. Look back for their Christmas carols because they do twenty five days oh, of love Christmas songs. Yeah. And it's just great. Oh. I always show everybody in my family every time you guys do, Oh, <laughs> they got a new one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We love it. It's a dramatic time in our lives for well, sure. It's it's become a thing. Like you guys can't yeah. ever stop. Okay. So. We we can't not do it at this point. Yeah. Yes. And, and you guys put so much into it that we're expecting more. Exactly. Right. And every we try time. to do like something fresh every year, and it's mm-hmm. like it's hard. Only so many Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is only so many you know, Christmas songs. And at this point, we've repeated some, made some better. You know, maybe yeah. maybe this year you take non-Christmas songs and make them Christmas songs. Don't take any advice from Joe. Just add a Rudolph or add a Santa hat or add a A change some lyrics. That that could be yeah. That's that's probably pretty easy. I got Chris Kingle in my pocket, going jingling away. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> okay. Anyway, all right. We gotta get out of here. Thanks for listening. Thanks everybody. Yes. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks get for having Chuck Berry. Yeah, here Chuck Berry. Let Dale through.
and Ego Trip is the greatest band of all time by their music.